There was a boy who asked his mom for a drum set, and she said yes. And playing the drums, he ignited and he developed a passion for music, and eventually he would join a band. Soon after he turned 17, he, he asked his mom, he said, Mom, hey, can I go travel the country playing with this band? And once again, she said yes. While touring with the band, he would meet a girl halfway around the country, and later he would ask her out on a date, and she said yes. And after dating this girl for just a little while, he would ask this girl to marry him. And she would once again say yes. Just a few words can shape the future and can determine the, the trajectory of your life. Think about it. After saying your vows, you said, I do. Maybe they offered you a job and you said, I'll take it. The new job, it required you to move to a new city or maybe even to a new state. And you said, I'll go when you visited the doctor's office. And then they came out and they said, it's a boy. Unfortunately, all words aren't so easy to hear, aren't so easy to say. When you have to call a loved one and you say that there's been an accident, or you ask out the girl of your dreams, and she simply replies, no. You apply for the job, and when you get the call back, they, they tell you that we've decided to go with someone else. Or maybe when you get the results back from the scan, the doctor tells you the cancer is back again. We, we've all heard the saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, I, I don't think that that's really true. In fact, I would say that words can hurt. Why? Because words are powerful. Words are powerful. And what you say, it just, it has great power. The question is, is what will you do with that power? Please go ahead and open up your Bibles with me to James chapter 3 and, and verse 1. And over the past several weeks, we've looked at many things that we've called indicators or marks of an authentic Christian faith. Uh, we've looked at how you respond to trials and how that's a mark of your faith. We've seen how you deal with temptation and how that's an indicator of an authentic faith. A few weeks ago, we saw how you should not just hear the word of God, but how you should act in response to the word of God. We've seen how you should not show partiality. And then last week, we learned that living for Jesus should come from a saving faith. Works should be the fruit of your faith. And today we see another indicator or another mark of an authentic faith. And to see that, Let's turn our attention now to Scripture in James chapter 3. I'm going to read verses 1 through 5. It says this, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we, are, we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. Now, with the time that we have left, my aim is to speak about the power of words and the responsibility that we have when it comes to what we say or, or how we communicate. 
in the Marvel Comics universe, there's this famous line from Spider-Man's Uncle Ben, and it goes something like this. He says to Peter Parker, his nephew, with great power comes great responsibility. With great power comes great responsibility. And I believe we have so much to learn from James here in these five verses that speak to the responsibility that we have when it comes to the power of our words. Now, as we go verse by verse, I want to split up these five verses into just two parts. In verses one and two, we're going to see how one must keep a close watch on his or her words. And then as we jump down to verses three through five, we're going to see three illustrations of why words are so powerful. So, verse one, James starts off this portion of the letter by offering a warning. Uh, When it comes to your words, he's really saying this, a lack of attention to your words leads to condemnation. Now, just as a reminder, maybe for uh, some of you who are just watching online for the first time, James is talking to new Christians and primarily new Christians that have a Jewish background or upbringing. And it's likely that some of these new Christians were sharing about Jesus in in the wrong way, in a false way. Way. And so what James is writing to them is he's saying, hey, when it comes to sharing about Jesus, when, it, when you talk about his life, his death, his resurrection, you must get this right. It's far too important. Should you teach others about the gospel of Jesus, you will be judged in a way that's greater than when, it, when you say the wrong things. Now, as a pastor, as a father, as a Christian, I take this verse very seriously. Paul, in a letter to Timothy, would tell Timothy, Say, hey, keep a close watch on your teaching because it not only has the power to save yourself, but save others. And so saying the wrong thing about Jesus leads to judgment. So before you teach, you must train. You must know what it is that you're teaching. But on the flip side, after seeing a warning about using your words, we see a promise given to us here in in verse 2. James is now saying a proper attention to your words leads to maturation. So, verse 1, he's saying to us, he's saying, hey, a lack of attention to your words leads to condemnation, but a proper attention to your words, in verse 2, a proper attention of your words leads to maturation. Look back with me. Verse 2, it says that if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man. Now, if you'll remember several weeks ago, back in James chapter 1 and verse 4, we read that enduring trials leads to steadfastness. And we said that this makes you a perfect or a complete man. And we said back then that perfect really, it points more to the idea of growing or maturing in your faith. And I believe that that's the same thing that James is saying to us here in chapter 3. A proper attention to your words is how you express maturity. It's how you show that you are growing in your faith. When you keep a close watch on your words, you exhibit maturing faith. But then at the end of verse 2, James says that when you watch your words, you can then bridle the whole body. So then he gives us three illustrations of how important the tongue is when it comes to following after Jesus. Remember I said earlier that there is power in your words, that words are powerful. So with that that in mind, with this in mind, let's take a look at each of these illustrations and see how our words have power. So verse 3, first of all, we see that words have the power to control. Words have the power 
to control. Here we're given an illustration of a bit put into a horse's mouth. And they're bridled in order to break a horse, to tame a horse, to control a horse. But notice with me that without the bridle, the horse cannot be used for the purpose of riding or traveling. In regard to the tongue, to be bridled means to be silent, to control, or to really have an absence of speech at, at some times. <laughs> Did you know that it's estimated that uh, people speak around fifteen to 25,000 words a day? And somebody actually calculated that with our words, we could actually put together a 54-page book every single day. And in a year, we would probably produce about 66, 800-page books. We talk a lot. But it's interesting that, that James starts off verse 1 by saying that you should not talk, that you should limit your speech. In fact, just back in chapter 1, James says to be slow to speak. And then here, the first illustration that we have talks about bridling your tongue, limiting your speech, reducing the amount of words you say, because your tongue, it guides your body, it controls your body. But let me ask you this, do you control your, your tongue? Do you ever try to limit your speech? Next, verse 4, we see how uh, words have the power to direct. So words have the power to control, but also the power to direct. Look back with me at verse 4. James says that large ships are, are guided by a very small rudder. So the tongue or your speech, your words, it's going to direct your body. It's going to direct your entire life. Think about this with me for just a moment. Without the rudder, the ship cannot go where it's supposed to go. If you're not taming your tongue, then you're aimlessly kind of floating through life and you're just directionless. Rather than controlling your tongue, your tongue is actually controlling you and you're going to drift off course. In what direction is your tongue taking you? And do the things that you say lead you closer and closer to Jesus or push you more and more off course further away from him? And then finally, the third illustration we see here in verse 5 tells us that words have the power to spread. Words have the power to spread. Verse 5 and actually going into verse 6 says that the tongue is a fire. It's a small member that can set ablaze an entire forest. Let me tell you this, that your words have the power to spread like wildfire. But here's the thing. A fire in your fireplace, it can heat your whole house. But a spark on the carpet can burn down the entire house. You see, one is contained and the other is not. One harnesses the power of fire, but the other is consumed by the fire. The tongue is a powerful instrument and can do great damage when your words spread. It can tear down people. It can tear down churches. It can destroy relationships. It can wreck a marriage. It can devastate a family. It can rip up a nation. It can lead to murder. It can lead to war. But on the other hand, it can also build up. It can create love, enthusiasm, encouragement, comfort, peace, joy. The tongue is a powerful, it's a powerful thing. So if you want to change your marriage, change the way you speak to your wife. 
if you want to change your parenting, change the way you speak to your kids. If you want to change your neighborhood, change the way you speak to your neighbors. If you want to change your workplace, change the way that you speak to your coworkers. If you want to reconcile the destruction of your actions, then you need to resist the desire to always speak. If you want to reverse the direction of your life, then you need to reorient the declaration of your tongue. If you want to radiate the delight of your heart, then you need to rein in the duplicity of your words. I said earlier that just a few words can shape your future, can determine the entire trajectory of your life, and it can have an effect not only for you, but for generations to come. And earlier I talked about a boy who got a drum set. He went on to tour, he got married, and so many times someone said yes. Well, this young man would get married and would have three kids. And after a few years of living in California, he would say yes himself to a job offer in Indiana. And of all places, New Albany, Indiana. This man's name is Paul Turner, and he, he's my father-in-law. He's my wife's dad. And boy, I am so grateful for all of those yeses. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. There's power in your words. Words are powerful. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You can give your life with your words. You can give your life to Jesus. Saying yes to Jesus brings life. Have you received him as Lord and Savior? And also share Jesus with your words. You can tell others about the death, the, the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. There is life in your words. Jesus said in Luke 6, 45, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What do your words reveal about your heart? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we give you great thanks for this day to be able to hear your word preached, to, to read from your word. I pray, God, that you would speak into our lives, that we would be encouraged and challenged to think about what it is that we would say because your word brings life. And our words come out of the abundance of what's in our hearts. And so I pray, God, that you would change our hearts. Help us to more, look more and more like your son, Jesus, for it's in his name that we pray. Amen.